0: Hello, and welcome to Studio Class. I am Megan Enan, your host and diva sidekick. Wondering how to build your singing career and still make enough money to survive? It's not always easy, and we certainly didn't cover this during Studio Class at school. However, I'm here to give you the micro-actions that over time will transform your relationship to your career. Let's do this. (music) I like the rock and the music, and I like to do the cha cha hey. I like the rock and the music, and I like to do the cha cha Thanks for joining me for episode number five. This episode is brought to you by 29 Days to Diva from The Sybaritic Singer. I am really excited that when this episode airs, we will be two days away from my fifth season of writing this month-long series. That is so exciting! That is why I'm taking the leap and bringing you 29 Days to Diva, the course. This course is designed for you, divas. These are the micro actions that will transform your love affair with your career. Be one of the first people to hear about the launch in February 2017 by visiting bit.ly slash 29 days to diva. In this fifth episode, we're covering no more invisible diva. We are going to fashion our charisma formula. Charisma is truly the glitter that runs through our veins. So in this episode, we're going to do a case study in seven steps of the people's diva herself, Joyce DiDonato. Here we go. I once walked into what I thought was a very important audition. I had worked really hard to get ready for this one, and I actually felt prepared. What a novel idea! I had made some recent breakthroughs in my technical work, and I was really looking forward to auditioning with this new understanding. I felt like I had a good chance since my niche skills lined up pretty neatly with their desired singer candidate. I went through the audition process, I smiled, I sang well, I made eye contact, and as I was leaving I passed the girl walking in to audition after me. It was someone I knew from years before. How exciting! Well, apparently, it was someone that the audition panel also knew from years before. As I walked down the hall, I could hear them exclaim as she walked in the room, Oh, darling, how are you? We're so excited to see you again. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come audition for us. And I felt invisible. It's as though someone took a spot of window cleaner and just totally erased a personal record that I had just put up on the board. Are you tired of feeling like an invisible singer? Wouldn't you like to command the spotlight on and off the stage? Renee Fleming has it. Anna Netrebko has it. And yes, I do mean besides marquee names and internationally televised sporting events. The it here is charisma. Charisma and confidence create allure. It is the sense of being drawn to another person. And allure isn't solely based on exquisite features or a superior IQ. Those both help, of course. But no one is going to deny that Jonas Kaufman's good looks make him more enticing. So a true diva has quote-unquote it. And you are going to actively cultivate it. Watch out, world. No more invisible diva. And that means your studio class challenge for today is to tune up your charisma. The title of this episode is The Audition Is Never Over. The Audition Is Never Over means that the audition isn't over in the lobby. It still isn't over at the cast party. It isn't over when you audition for them next time. It basically is never over. The audition is never over. The audition is never over is the main reason you want to increase your charisma quotient. Remember you are likely not aware of your conversation partner's various connections at any given moment. For example, I idly chatted with a Baltimore-based bartender a few years ago for quite a while before he divulged that his only brother worked for the Opera National de Paris. Boy was I surprised. (laughs) So, the audition is never over is a statement that isn't designed to make you feel overwhelmed or helpless, but rather to give you the motivation to practice your most charming self in everyday situations. Think about me chatting with that Baltimore bartender, never knowing I thought I was just having Manhattans with a friendly guy and saying, oh yeah, and I sing opera, I sing these things. Oh, and they just let you go on and on. Really, while they're taking in information about you, which means that the audition is never over. Think about your colleague who lights up the dullest post-concert reception. We will pretend it's just je sais quoi, but really, it's je sais charisme, which means it's time to fashion our charisma formula. We're going to observe and learn from those that we find the most charismatic. You don't have to mimic their actions, their speaking style, or their look. Simply identify what it is you find most engaging about them and see how you could apply that technique to your own life. Let's take our casebook study, Joyce De Donato. Joyce has charisma in spades, and let's look at seven reasons why. Have you ever watched the videos of her 2016 masterclasses at Carnegie Hall? I'll link to them in the show notes, but they are a perfect example of these seven reasons. Number one, she has positive and negative empathy. Positive and negative empathy is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and genuinely feel what they are feeling, either good or bad. Which means that Joyce is thrilled when students make a positive breakthrough. She knows what it's like to fall down and get up again in the rehearsal. In fact, she loves the process. She has this quote where she says she wants to get them from point A to point B to point B, point five to point C, and then we have to go back to A again. And she wants the students to discover new things that work and things that don't work. She underscores that sometimes that's even more valuable to know than the things that do work. Negative empathy is the ability to comfort others when they're down. And Joyce understands what it's like. Joyce understands what it's like to have nerves and to be able to work through those tricky situations. In fact, she says, the nerves are always going. Mine, most of all. She's able to put people at ease with her ability to associate herself with what others are feeling. Even more so, she knows what it's like to say, I've got it, and then it's gone. Such is the life of singers. She's able to empathize with others, no matter if it's positive or negative energy, and bring it around to a place of understanding. Which brings us to number two. She is humble. Joyce revels in always being a true Midwestern girl. She's self-dubbed the Yankee Diva and was born and raised in Kansas and happily calls Kansas City home. Now, not just because I share her Midwestern roots, but there is a strong reference for humility in the Midwest, and people are drawn to that quality. People who are genuinely enjoyable to be around are humble, not arrogant or insecure to the point of overcompensating with arrogance. They don't have to name check every director, conductor, and met roster singer they've ever crossed paths with. Of course, it's healthy to be confident and sustain a high self-esteem, But there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, and that difference is humility. Humility is what separates those enjoyable to be around versus those you cannot stand. I'm sure that we can all bring an example to mind right now. Showing respect and courtesy to the people you're around is the first step to being humble. Actively listen to them and develop a curiosity about their experience. Joyce does that, and you can do that too. Another thing that Joyce does is that she appreciates vulnerability. Joyce DiDonato knows how vulnerable you can feel as a singer when you put yourself out on a limb during a masterclass. It can be terrifying. There's an excellent Humans of New York quote that explains this kind of vulnerability in action and humility so succinctly. I'll also link to it in the show notes, but I'm going to read it here. It goes, I don't enjoy observing people as much as I used to. Everyone acts like they're on stage people used to come to the village sheepishly. Nobody was sure if they belonged. We didn't know if we were artists. These days, everyone walks around like they're contributing something. There's no angst anymore. There's too much certainty. And that's a shame, because all the best art comes from people who feel like they don't. Art is a way of proving your existence. When I was a young man, a person that I respected told me that I was an artist. It was one of the worst things that could have happened to me. I stopped walking into museums or galleries with a sense of awe. I walked in feeling like an artist. My arms would be crossed. If I liked a piece, it was good. If I didn't like a piece, it was bad. I didn't feel vulnerable anymore. I lost my humility. And that's when growth stops. End quote. That quote so perfectly dovetails with the one from Mary Oliver that reads, instructions for living a life. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about. it." Being vulnerable is about still having that space to be astonished or awed by the world. We lose our humility when we lose our ability to be astonished. Get out there, take in the world, take in the world, be astonished, tell about it. Furthermore, If you want a masterclass on vulnerability alone, may I suggest you check out Brene Brown's TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability. I'll link it in the show notes as well. Bringing us to point number four, Joyce DiDonato is a hoot. No, really. She's funny. Joyce loves to play with humor on stage and she's funny in real life. For example, during the masterclass, she uses humor to leverage a psychological fact called the peripheral route to persuasion. In fact, a lot of people use humor this way. To explain, the peripheral route to persuasion occurs when the listener decides whether to agree with a message based on other cues besides the strength of the arguments or ideas in the message. For example, a listener may decide to agree with a message because the source appears to be an expert or is attractive. The peripheral route also occurs when a listener is persuaded because he or she notices that a message has many arguments but lacks the ability or motivation to think about them individually. In other words, peripheral cues like source expertise slash credibility or many arguments in one message are a shortcut. I don't want to think or can't think carefully about the ideas in this persuasive message, but it's a fair gamble to go ahead and agree with the message if the source appears to be knowledgeable or if there are many arguments in support of the message. So really, receivers engaged in peripheral processing are more passive than those doing central processing. In layman's terms... It means that when she mockingly chokes on the fact that one of the masterclass singers is only 19 years old, she is using it to connect with the listeners in the audience. We, as the audience, all know that she's not serious. It's a device, subconsciously, that reminds us that Joyce has more experience and cements her credibility as the master in this situation. So even just a little joke like that can put people at ease and provide other persuasive messages. Charismatic individuals usually have an arsenal of personal stories with which others can relate. So remember that self-deprecating humor is really useful, but you just want to make sure that it isn't so self-deprecating that you diminish your personal value. That wouldn't be following the logic behind the peripheral route to persuasion. So now, without any of the fancy psychological reasoning behind it, let's just think about this one. When was the last time you met someone who cracked a decent joke and you thought, wow i hate that person probably never (laughs) however if you're in a conversation and someone cracks a joke that you find offensive or perhaps you find racist or demeaning don't laugh or if someone starts making fun at your expense and you think they've crossed a line do not smile through it we all know that it's good to laugh at ourselves we all know that it's good to have a sense of humor but in cases where people are acting like jerks Charismatic people do not reward them with a smile of approval, no matter what their status or rank. That brings us to reason number five. She is genuinely interested. When you watch these masterclasses, you get a sense that Joyce DiDonato is genuinely interested in the progress that the singers make. She's certainly not phoning it in on any level. There's a great Robert Brault quote that fits in perfectly here that goes Charisma is not so much getting people to like you as getting people to like themselves when you. And nothing builds that better than the idea that interesting people are interested. So part of being genuinely interested is to avoid social narcissism. You may be thinking, I'm not a narcissist. However, it's easy for us to fall into a social narcissism trap. Why? Because we want to talk about our stories, our problems, our successes, our complaints, our family, our friends, etc., etc., We often think narcissists ramble on about how awesome and amazing they are. And I mean, some do. We don't have to look far for those examples. But social narcissism can have us trafficking in deep diving into all those things going wrong in our lives. And this person said this awful thing to me. And then this terrible situation went wrong during my rehearsal today. On and on. So switch that deep dive around by asking open-ended questions uncovering the emotions and motivations of other people. Try asking questions that will make the other person feel good. Practice asking open-ended questions and then showing genuine interest. Hopefully your conversation partner will be adept enough to ask you questions in return. If you aren't in the practice of asking questions in return, please make this your intention. That is what makes people such sparkling conversationalists. They give and take You ask questions, and they ask questions, and it's fun for everyone involved. A good way to think about this is to be an excellent undercover agent. Listen attentively to your conversation partner. What is she telling you in her words, body language, and subtext? Be honestly curious about what she is saying. Singers are natural storytellers, but you should encourage her to share her enthusiasm, not just oversharing yours. Make your counterpart honestly feel like they are the only person at that moment and your interactions will be exponentially more meaningful. My final point on being interested is to remember that another definition of hell is two interesting people not being able to get past the weather and how busy they are. Show others the kind of attentive listening that you would like to. So you'll never see Joyce and Otto blame someone else for anything in a masterclass and that's because charismatic people take responsibility oh, that was the stage manager's responsibility, is not something that would ever cross her lips. She'd apologize and move forward with whatever needed to happen. We should take our cue from Joyce on this one. Take responsibility calmly and move on. There's no need to be defensive. No one is going to steal your experience or credibility, so you can just magnanimously accept the situation and move forward. Which brings us to our last point in the list. Joyce gives praise and empowerment. It is easy to see that Joyce believes in lifting people up. That goes so far in generating goodwill in this industry. You have no idea. Practice praising and empowering people as often as you can. When you see or hear something that you like, tell them. A huge rookie mistake people make in this area, though, is thinking they have to be the number one diva in the worst connotation in every interaction. So while they may give others compliments, they're always careful to make sure no one surpasses their status. For example, they only compliment others on their style when they're dressed to the nines. They do not give compliments in areas in which they don't already feel superior. Remember, the most charismatic people are completely comfortable elevating others far above themselves without the need to constantly defend their position. When something goes well for you, allow that praise to ripple through your circle or singing team. Practice saying, thank you, I really appreciate that. My coach really helped me develop that character more fully. It's so great to work with good people. Furthermore, what you'll notice is that Joyce doesn't discuss the failings of others. Granted, we all like hearing a little gossip. We all like hearing a little dirt. The problem is we don't necessarily like and we definitely don't respect the people who dish that dirt. So don't laugh at other people. When you do, the people around you wonder if you sometimes laugh at them. And therefore, if you are in this practice, particularly in a professional setting, stop it now. In fact, stop it yesterday. It will never, ever work in your favor the way you want it to. And there you have it. That's our list. That's our case study of our seven reasons why Joyce DiDonato has charisma and spades. Number one, she has positive and negative empathy. Number two, she's humble. Number three, she appreciates vulnerability. Number four, she's a hoot. She's funny. Number five, she's genuinely interested. Number six, charismatic people take responsibility. And number seven, she gives praise and empowerment to others. So part of that is to be charismatic, it's important to be self-confident. And I want to take a moment to talk about self-confidence right now. You are good, worthy, and valuable. In your Diva audit, self-assessment, and digital press kit, you outlined many wonderful things about yourself. If you haven't done these things yet, please consider joining me for the 29 Days to Diva course. There's no room for feeling unimportant. You must absolutely know deep within yourself that you are worthwhile. That is your magnetism. That is what makes someone cross the room to be included in your conversation. Self-confidence does not require that you dominate the conversation, just that you are enthusiastic about the things that are important to you. And part of being confident is to show confidence through your body language. In our last episode, Audition Like You Mean It, I started off with the most sublime comment I have ever heard from an audition panel was, wow, she really came to play. And that comment is about so much more than singing, divas. It begins with the moment that you walk in the room it is the same way in regular social situations it's really about the concept of presence presence is the easiest but most misunderstood aspect of being charismatic how hard is it to be present in a present in an interaction with our minds wandering about 47% of the time it turns out it's quite difficult so simply put being present means you've dedicated 100% 100% of yourself to the current interaction Perhaps you've read one of my favorite writers, Simon Dunan. Simon Dunan, in his hilarious memoir, Nasty, My Family and Other Glamorous Vermints, tells a story about the defining moment in his life when he understood the concept of camp. While dining at a terribly kitschy tropical eatery in sunny Britain, they found that as soon as they indulged in the same corny body language of those holiday revelers that they were around, they became those merrymakers. He wrote, quote, Finding out that we could do things as if we were doing them was a trans- transcendental and a highly addictive discovery. End quote. See, this is what I mean by being 100% in the present moment. He goes on to write, quote, Entering a room as if we were entering a room was so much more amusing and exhilarating than just entering a room. End quote. Mr. Doonan gives great advice about entrances. He encourages divas to pause as they walk through a doorway. Others are always surveying the door. Use this to your advantage by lingering in that highly visible area and peruse the crowd. Obviously, we don't want to do this to disrupt the flow of traffic. You can enter the door and move slightly to the side for your pause. You just want to stay in that highly visible area. Then, have a place to go when you make your entrance. Too often, we rush in through the door and divest ourselves of our outer coats or belongings and scurry wherever we think we're supposed to be. When you practice pausing at the door, then you can survey the room. Let your eye contact focus on where you want to go next and walk with purpose, but without hurry, to your destination. Be incredibly cognizant of this for auditions parties, stage shows, recitals, concerts, etc., etc. This is one of those things that is very difficult to remember in the moment. So, like anything else, let's create a practice routine for it. For a specific amount of time, like a week, a month, whatever you want to do, practice pausing at the doorway of every door, even or especially at home. It'll help you work out the timing of the pause so you so you look radiant instead of lost. So speaking of looks, we all have a look. If you're thinking to yourself, I don't have a look, then you aren't being in charge of it. It's not that you don't have one. It's that you're currently leaving it up to others to define your look for you. Find your look and your body language so you feel comfortable and confident. Your look is about conveying a sense of intentionality and power. In order to convey power, it's important to have dominant body length. Claim territory with your body. Practice taking up space by comfortably spreading out your arms and legs. I do not encourage like man spreading on subways and things like that. I mean, take up a reasonable amount of space for your body. <laughs> so keep your chin up, sit up straight, pull your shoulder blades flat and slightly down your back. Look people in the eye, especially when you're speaking directly to them. This is the most powerful way to deliver a message. One trick I like to remember is whenever I meet someone to try and find out what color their eyes and remember it. I have a hard time remembering names, so things like this really help me. If I'm looking at someone, studying their eye color, and I say, John, John, eyes, right? That really helps me think about not only looking at them, paying attention to what they're saying, but kind of bringing their name deeper and deeper into my memory. And just remember, charisma is not necessarily a fake it till you make it skill set. You need to commit. Charisma is the light that shines. That brings us to warmth, which is the final key to charisma. Warmth, when combined with the right amount of presence and power, will lead to massive personal attraction. Unlike presence and power, warmth is the factor that makes you approachable. Warmth is somewhat related to presence, but it's more related to providing a feeling of comfort to those you're interacting with. To be warm, it helps to treat others as equals, even though you may be much higher on the social ladder or lower. Making people feel important makes them feel good. We all know that. And if you're able to become a source of those feelings, people will be attracted to you. Warmth can be achieved by constantly being a source of positive emotions for all around you. Now, I don't mean to only have positive emotions. I'm not telling you to become a shell of this happy-go-lucky person, but I want you to consider what kind of energy you're transferring between you and the person that you're talking to at any given moment. Warmth is being a source of, that, of positive emotions, of empowerment, of lifting people up. Charisma is indeed the glitter that runs through your veins, diva. You know that the audition is never over because you're on your way. You're actively choosing to no longer be invisible to those around you. Not in an audition, not invisible on stage, not invisible at the coffee shop, because you couldn't possibly be. Own it, honey. Have any tried and true methods for fine-tuning your charisma? I would love to hear them. Add some sparkle to my Twitter feed at MezzoEnen or on the Sybaritic Singer Facebook page. And with that, here's to a very sparkly 2017 divas. ¶¶ for joining me for episode number five of Studio Class, brought to you by the Sybaritic Singer. Many thanks to Juanitos for the music featured in this episode. Any of the links, articles, and more I discussed in this episode will also be included in the show notes. Do you have any questions about this podcast or the information I've presented here? Please go to sybariticsinger.com and get in touch.